welcome back, listeners, to the Dream Stream. And if it's your first time here, welcome to the Dream Stream podcast. I am your host, Yiska Cook. So I wanted to talk about the art of podcasts. I absolutely love podcasts. I feel like they're the perfect background noise for any activity, certainly for driving, for doing dishes. Um, you know, I like to listen to podcasts as I fall asleep and certainly like them when I wake up. So I thought that I would read to you um, some of the insights I have gleaned about dream work over the years. And I hope this will be interesting to our listeners. So this is from a paper I had written in my um, graduate degree at ITP, the Institute for Transpersonal Psychology. My dreams, quote, illness offers us a path into the kind of religion that rises directly from participation in the deepest levels of fate and existence. Thomas More, 1992. This is the guide map offered by Thomas More in Care of the Soul. Thomas More writes about the importance of creating an emotional and physical space where patients can share their stories about illness. He indicates that dreams also act as sacred space, serving as a source of our unfolding. Recently, I dreamed about a man who reminded me of Thomas More. I am at some formal dinner event and an older gentleman who was a good friend of mine shows me that he is dying. I am so upset because I do not want to lose him. There is slow, beautiful piano music playing. We start to dance, gliding and stepping, our last dance together of friendship and being there for each other. I am feeling sad for the upcoming loss, but good to be so present. He is not sad, but resolved and calm. I am struck by the feeling that in this moment of the dance, we are very much alive. So I had written a poem from the stream, as our listeners know, our dreams are so fruitful, filled with this wonderful uh, metaphoric material, very conducive to poetry. So this is called The Way to Glide and Step. In elegant ellipses, he leads me with a sturdy arm, an upright spine, a graceful gait. Gently to the pianist's evocation of beauty, he is dying and I am dying. He is reposed and I am bereft. The parquet floor is round and diners clink their glasses at the dance. We are very much alive. In my life, I have gratefully had many transformative dreams that when re-examined, provided great insight. A dream that was personally important, I dreamed days before my son Phelan was born. I found myself 
I found myself outdoors in a ceremony that felt Native American. People were dancing in a circle and chanting, take off your shoes, Ereha. We were honoring the four directions and preparing for something. Upon waking, I was struck by the biblical command given to Moses at the burning bush to take off your shoes. The place you were standing is holy. Good to be reminded that this land we live in is filled with sparks of holiness. We nearly, merely need to uncover them. Another dream that seems to be whistling for attention. So yes, I did write that <laughs> in my graduate paper um, for ITP, <laughs> Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. So whistling for attention in present time happened on the 14th of February, 1998. The theme seems to speak of karma and consequence of what befalls a soul in the levels of purgatory that the Jewish mystical tradition speaks of. And this paper will touch on. I entitled the dream in my dream journal, Serve, as it seemed evident to me that I was receiving teachings on service and life. Upon waking, I wrote the following words in my dream journal. So this is a dream that I felt was instructive coming from a higher plane. And so this is the instruction. One cannot be a king. One either is a king or is not. When a person does something in this world and events occur, which he perceives as negative, he should not feel punished. God does not decree punishment, for God has already exonerated him. Even after, he may do something perceived as bad in this world because of the nature of the universe. He is already 58% forgiven, even without doing any teshuva, which means making amends, turning back to God, to the righteous. There is so much one can glean from life of his or her own life purpose of the world when one's stories are tapped like a sweet maple tree. Nice analogy. <laughs> Hooray for maple syrup. And one's dreams are collected like wildflowers on a mountainside. Journaling is one way of keeping all one's thoughts accessible and present. So, I don't know about that. All right. So the paper goes on, it's talking about something that I call life review. And that's the way that we review our lives. It's the idea that once we pass on from this realm, we will undertake a life review of our entire lives. And by then it's kind of too late to make amends, make changes because we will have already passed on. So my idea, the idea in this paper is let's use significant moments to review our lives. And in this paper, I was talking about doing a day review every night before going to sleep. 
but now I'm no longer doing that because I'm using that time for um, imagination, visualization, and materialization. So I have other things going on at the time. But um, yeah, so I'm just happy to read more to my very dear listeners. Dream work. Dreaming and dream work have been important aspects of the Jewish tradition. From the better known dreamers in the Torah, such as Joseph, Genesis 37, I really went all out quoting the passage, <laughs> to patriarchs Abraham and Jacob, Abraham and Yaakov, the future was often foretold in dreams. In fact, the Talmud says that a dream is one sixtieth of prophecy. I love that. According to the Midrash, there is no dream which does not have its interpretation. Biblical commentators state that everything that happens to a person will first be foretold in a dream. And paradoxically, the Talmud tells us that a dream follows its interpretation. Ooh, I like that paradox. Everything that will happen to a human being will first be foretold in a dream and a dream follows our interpretation of it. So I guess that means we're in partnership with the almighty, with the, the great unconscious mind, with the self, capital S. I'm just gonna go on. Dreams are one avenue to tap into our deeper selves to gain insight and understanding. Dreams help us to access the transcendent. They take us beyond our day-to-day -day consciousness. Dreams are accessible to everybody as we all engage in these nightly stories. Yeah, that's something I wanna make clear to everyone. I always do dream work and I have for some decades and your dreams are always accessible to you. You know, we don't need to find the great guru or go on, you know, South American herb trip or whatever to find truth. You know, we just need to go within ourselves and, and listen to our dreams and start writing them down and paying more attention to them. Because our dreams reveal so much to us that otherwise, if we didn't do that, we'd be missing that information. Okay. Our dreams emerge from the source of our unconscious mind. When we open ourselves up to the creative imagery in our dreams, we can find guidance from our higher, I think it's gonna say self, selves. Dreams provide us with an internal guidance that can help us answer the questions that shed light on our lives and life circumstances. The language of dreams is allegory and symbols. We stand before them, as Carl Jung said, as Carl Jung taught, with the understanding that we have no idea what this dream means, 
my my beloved teacher, Dr. Stephen Larson, often quotes Jung as saying that when you hear a dream, you need to approach it or or one one could or should I hate the word should one should approach it with the idea that he he has no knowledge of what this dream is about, but just let the unfolding of it come to him or her. And then I talk a little bit about my great deceased dream teacher, Jeremy Taylor. So I do want to read this part because he meant so much to me. Jeremy Taylor, a Jungian analyst. Oh, I didn't realize he was pure Jungian. I know he's a, he was a universalist minister, offers tools for working with dreams. He says that all of our dreams come to bring wholeness and healing. In other words, there is no such thing as a bad dream. It is just a dream that carries emotional content. To Paul, sorry, to call our attention to itself, most likely because. It has teachings, its teachings are relevant for a person in his or her present situation. Jeremy Taylor also states that the dreamer is the only person who can imbue meaning on his or her dreams. And that's really saying that even when we explore dream in a dream group, it's not until we get the aha, the inner knowing, you know, that, that oh yeah, that's something significant to me. I mean, not everything that's said by every person is going to be meaningful to the dreamer. Uh, though, you know, if you think of dreams as universal, if it's meaningful to the person who said it, then that becomes, you know, more uh, collective, unconscious mind. So let me see. I wanted to share a little bit more, but I, I don't know where it is. So journaling, then I have a whole thing on journaling and I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> but I marks the page. It's not. Maybe I, oh, here we go. Oh, okay. Well, there I ended this paper, which I think I'm not typing <laughs> because I feel like I did want to say a little bit more, but now I don't see where that is marked. All right, so what I ended with is a poem that I had written called Think the Path. And my way of writing poetry was always in the woods. I would be hiking, I was a great hiker with my dog Redwood at the time. And I'd be in the woods and I didn't have, this was before the cell phone and I didn't have paper and a pen or anything with me. So I would have to remember my poetry as I was walking. So as I was walking, I'd say it and say up to that point and say it. And by doing so, I learned so many of my poems. So now I consider the the great um, the great breath breath b r e a d t h of my poetry is is from that time in my life. So this is called "Thank the Path." Hiking the backwoods, an odd thing happened. 
I realized that though I've walked these trails a thousand times before, nothing was familiar. And though I knew where I must be, I had no idea where I was. Maybe I was seeing with new eyes, as was suggested, but I think that everything, tree, stone, plant, grass, was not the same as it had ever been before. All was changed and is continuously changing, as am I, as are you. Those who think things stay the same are not open in this moment. They are behind with old experiences and faded impressions. This is not the same rose your father gave you at graduation or that you carried down the aisle in your sister's wedding. This rose presents itself to you. Touch its gentle petals. Breathe deeply its life scent. See this living being burning in its divinity. I thank God who eliminates my path. Those who hold me up along the sometimes overgrown and convoluted way and the very path itself, the decomposing leaves pressed in mud, the bright orange salamander scurrying away from dropping acorns, the tiny spotted toad leaping onto my hand and off again, the mushrooms that open as flowers and the flowers that turn to sticky burrs. All this is new and now and me honored here. So thank you listeners for taking that deep dive with me into graduate school <laughs> paper at the end of my experience there. Um, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Sweet dreams for the mode magic teams.